I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I want to share my excitement with you over a groundbreaking new show from the CW, Black Lightning. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I watched a small foreign independent movie I hope I can help develop an audience for this week. I'll tell you about Black Panther. Plus, uh, I think that's uh, going to do okay there, Jeff. whole bunch of Oscar movies come home this week. We'll tell you which ones. First, it's the news... From the couch. My life has completely changed overnight. Time travel, it's real. NBC has begun heavy marketing for season two of its sort of hit show about time travel called Timeless. What if they've already planted agents in time? It could change the present in ways we can't possibly predict. Let's go save history. Remember when we thought we were done with all of this? That's a good question, Rufus, and it ties into why I said the show is sort of a hit show. Season 1 debuted in the fall of 2016 on NBC and here in Canada on Global. On May 10th, 2017, NBC cancelled it. But three days later, after a heavy social media campaign from fans, NBC reversed its decision and uncancelled the show. Much to the delight of the cast members Malcolm Barrett and Matt Lanter, along with the show creators Eric Kripke and Sean Ryan. Hey, Time Teamers, Rufus here. Super weird 24 hours, even for a time traveler. I think the mission was successful. We went back and uh, pretty sure we changed NBC's minds. And I can't help but think it's due to the enthusiasm of a couple of you new recruits. We were cancelled. We were gone and you brought the show back. Eric Kripke may act like he's grateful to you, but I'm the one that's really grateful to you. Since the show started, there's been a fan base that I've never seen before. I mean, you know, thank you, nerds. NBC only ordered, however, a 10-episode second season, perhaps because they remember something similar happened just over a decade ago with CBS. In 2006, CBS launched a show called Jericho. It was cancelled after one season, but they brought it back. It's the show fans demanded come back. Jericho's on the fast track to recovery. CBS February 12th, the new season of Jericho begins. We've restored power to 70% of town. The president's on his way. The rebuilding of a town. I want you to be Jericho's sheriff. Trying to keep an eye on me? And the future of a country. A return to life as we knew it, from the Mississippi to the Pacific. God bless the Allied States of America. Jericho, the return. They brought it back because fans kept sending giant bags of peanuts to CBS, paying homage to this exchange from the show. Put your guns down and return to town, and no one else will be harmed. Jake, I need an answer. What's it gonna be? Nuts. CBS ran a seven-episode second season and then canceled Jericho again because the ratings were worse than before. Good job, Jericho fans! NBC hopes to avoid a similar fate for Timeless. I admit, I watched the first half of season one of Timeless. I liked it, but it was part of my 2017 purge. I have always wanted to kind of go back, though. Season one is on Netflix, so I think I just might. I've got lots of time to catch up. Season two debuts on NBC and Global, Sunday, March 11th. Who are you? Well, we're, we're actually- This is Dr. Dre. I'm Nurse Jackie. We're from General Hospital. Richard, what's going on? Don't flip out, okay? But you have been in a coma 
for four years. What? I'm just joking around. What'd you sell your sense of humor? <laughs> You've just been out for about six hours, but you did lose a whole lot of blood. I just hope they put the right kind back in. That's Andy Daly's doctor torturing his favorite patient, Thomas Middleditch's Richard, in the trailer for season five of Silicon Valley, which came out this week along with the premiere date. The show, which gets nominated for all the awards most years, follows the misadventures of Richard and his computer geek friends as they try to conquer the world of Silicon Valley. We are taking on a total engineering team of about 50. You want to staff our company with a bunch of randos that we've never met? We are way behind. We wouldn't be here if you hadn't let Guilford and me waste so much time. Your inability to stop us from sucking is a failure of leadership. Their apps and algorithms are always in high demand, but they also seem to get screwed over or somehow snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And there's all sorts of weirdness along the way. You need to go out there and lead them. Send a strong message, like showing a John your genitals to prove you're a legitimate male prostitute and not an undercover cop. What? Silicon Valley also stars Zach Woods, Martin Starr, and Kumail Nanjiani. It used to co-star comedian T.J. Miller, who left or was fired after the last season. Either way, it was an ugly split, and Miller did not come off well either way. The cast, the rest of the cast, returns March 25th on HBO. Pied Piper is in freefall. It's his company, except for the significant portion of it, which is now our company. Don't worry, she'll never be happy. I honestly think that the only reason she got pregnant was to shove it in my face that I'm not working hard enough. Ugh. Or getting pregnant, for that matter. Come on, Monica, I'm sure you've got a few good eggs left. Up there? Up there? Sorry. If I hit it one time, I'm a piper. I'll start at the beginning. My whole family was killed in a car accident. Someone did horrific experiments on me. I was abducted, raped, and forced to kill someone. And I'm in here bouncing a god A new trailer popped up for season two of the Netflix Marvel drama, Jessica Jones. So how is anger management? Big bottle of whiskey on the table. Still angry. Season one of Jessica Jones debuted November 2015 and told the story of a hard-drinking private eye who happens to be super strong and can jump really, really far, bordering on flight. Some people call me a hero. Others call me a freak. You're one of them. Moron. Her superheroics played a very small part of the television show. Instead, the series focused more on her personal struggles. She tries to just hide from them mostly. I don't know how you handle it. It's called whiskey. Jokes aside, she's having a hard time dealing with her stuff because she's got PTSD from having her mind controlled by a bad guy named Kilgrave. It was compelling television as we watched this woman struggle to reclaim herself and it won a prestigious Peabody Award, which, quote, honor the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories in television, radio, and online media. Here's the reason the Peabody people gave for awarding Jessica Jones. For deploying a popular genre to ask unpopular questions about power and consent, for constructing such vivid and compelling characters and putting them through the ringer, Marvel's Jessica Jones earns a Peabody Award. 
In this new season, a new case makes her confront who she really is and face her past. People I care about are in danger. I've got to make a decision. One, keep denying it. Or two, do something about it. I'm excited for season two of Jessica Jones, debuting Thursday, March 8th on Netflix, although hopefully the dialogue is generally better than this. Anything to add, Ms. Jones? Yeah, I always do a threat's head on, meaning I punch them in the head until they're unconscious. Come to Los Angeles. The sun shines bright, the beaches are wide and inviting, and the orange grove stretches far as the eye can see. Those are the opening lines of Curtis Hansen's 1997 police drama masterpiece, L.A. Confidential, a terrific movie about cops in L.A. in the 1950s. They were three cops who had nothing in common. Freeze. Big V, what are you doing here? Hey, you know me, I'm keeping the streets safe, boys. One would do anything to get ahead. You're truly prepared to be despised within the department? Yes, sir, I am. One had his own brand of justice. How's it going to look in your report? It'll look like justice. That's what the man got. And one loved the spotlight. What exactly do you do on the show, Jack? I teach Brett Chase how to walk and talk like a cop. The three cops were played by Guy Pearce, Russell Crowe, and the first thing most of us saw him in, and, well, Kevin Spacey. It was nominated for nine Oscars, won two, Hanson and author Brian Helgeland for the screenplay, and Kim Basinger for Best Supporting Actress, and it had a couple of really great mysteries tied into it. The Night Owl Massacre. This is a heinous crime that requires swift resolution. Six victims. One of them, one of our own. Interrogations will be led by Lieutenant Edmund Exley. I need some backup. Come on. All right, Collins boy, I'll help. Great movie. Highly recommended if you haven't seen it. And as it turns out, CBS is turning it into a TV show. Technically, they're turning the book it was based on into a TV show, but same difference. And a key cog was announced this week. The role Spacey played in the movie will be played by Walton Goggins in the show. He was terrific as the criminal Boyd Crowder on Justified. You think you're better than me because you play by the rules? Whose rules? My life is my own. You ain't even heard a word I said. I don't give a about what you said. I'm an outlaw. At this point, they're just putting together the pilot, but CBS does pretty well with its cop shows, and if they cast the rest of it as well, even put in just a little more effort than they do with most of their procedurals, it could add up to something really good. Raylan, you know I like a good conversation as much as anybody, but... But, uh, being as matters are pressing... Why don't you just hand over Drew Thompson to these well, I, I won't say nice, but people, and save you and me a whole lot of trouble. Hi. Thursday, Magnum is hired by some schoolgirls to find their missing teacher. There is just no limit to their imaginations. And once again, Magnum is in over his head. I think I can explain this whole misunderstanding. No, you can't. Spend Christmas in Hawaii with Magnum. Thursday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain. The Magnum P.I. reboot has its man. Jay Hernandez will have the thankless job of trying to fill the mustachioed shoes of Tom Selleck as the greatest TV detective role of all time. Tonight, there will be fireworks in paradise. I demand an explanation. You just don't seem like you anymore. This is really quite stimulating. The Magnum tonight. Hernandez played El Diablo in Suicide Squad. That ain't me. That wasn't you. No, they say it's me, but that ain't me. That guy's gone. He's dead. And yet here you are. He's also had minor to middling roles in shows like Nashville, The Expanse, and Scandal. 
Now he's throwing away his career to fail as Magnum P.I. in what has to be a bad idea waiting to happen. That's just my bias because I love OG Magnum. That show still holds up, by the way. But I will admit the new one is being created by the guy who rebooted Hawaii Five-0, which has been a success, and the new MacGyver. He's on the case. He's MacGyver. <laughs> is the new MacGyver successful? It's been two seasons so far, so it can't be an outright disaster. It's on CBS. Almost nothing they do yeah. uh, fails. Well, I don't have much hope for this new Magnum, but we'll find out next season on CBS. Action, adventure, romance, and the scenery isn't bad either. Join me every weekday for Magnum, only on Channel 5. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. That was a cheap move. Good news if you're anxiously waiting for Star Wars The Last Jedi to come home. Lucasfilm and Disney have announced the release dates for digital HD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HDs. What do you know about the Force? It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. The Last Jedi was the biggest film of 2017, earning 618 million domestic and a worldwide total of 1.3 billion. The home release includes a whole bunch of special features, including a feature-length documentary called The Director and the Jedi, as well as 14 deleted scenes. The Last Jedi arrives on digital HD on March 13th, and then Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD March 27th. The rebellion is reborn. The war is just beginning, and I will not be the last Jedi. That is the news from the couch. Also, Jeff, uh, another quick thing just on a news kind of note, Jurassic World 3, did you see the release date's already been set for that? Really? June 11th, 2021. Yikes. Jurassic World... uh, Fallen Wait, Kingdom mark it on my calendar. opens June 22nd of this year, and then they've already claimed June... Three years down the road. Yeah, June Thanks. 2021. I want to uh, f- see the original, not the original Jurassic Park, but the first Jurassic World again. Yeah, I only saw it the one time in theaters. Yeah, same here. I, uh, I thought it was okay. There are a bunch of movies coming to home video that are way more than okay. We'll tell you what they are up next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. The Shape of Water is now nominated for 13 Academy Awards. He sees me as I am. Including Best Actress Sally Hawkins. I can either save him or let him die. Go. Go. Best Supporting Actor Richard Jenkins. I'm going to be synchronizing our watches just like they do in the movies. Best Supporting Actress Octavia Spencer. Don't do this, Alasa. Don't do this. Best Director Guillermo del Toro. And Best Picture of the Year. The Shape of Water. Brady's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes having a look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week. Jeff Braun, uh, what was that movie called? Well, that was obviously The Shape of Water coming home on Digital HD next Tuesday. And like they mentioned, nominated for a boatload of Academy Awards this year. And frankly, uh, one of the top two movies, that one or Lady Bird, I keep going back and forth which one I hope wins. Okay. Definitely The Shape of Water, which is also uh, probably still playing in a theater near you. Also out on Digital HD, Call Me By Your Name, another Best Picture nominee, and the uh, uh, animated movie Ferdinand up for Best Animated Oscar. That's the one about the bull. Okay, yeah, that's based on a children's book from many, many years ago. And then a bunch of Oscar movies on Blu-ray. Yeah, again, from the Best Animated category, Coco comes home to... uh, 
hard copy if you want one on Tuesday, as well as three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Darkest Hour, that's one where Gary Olden plays Winston Churchill, and then a couple of others, Murder on the Orient Express, which is not nominated for Oscars as far as I know, unless it's maybe a costume or best mustache, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was something in that one. That's a good movie, too. I like that one. And Lady and the Tramp, the signature collection from Disney, if you want to own that. Yep, Disney always puts uh, together great home releases, so if you don't have that, you probably want to pick that up. And uh, we talked mustaches in the first segment with yep. Magnum P.I. Talk mustaches now in the second segment with Hercule Poirot. Uh, as played by Kenneth Branagh in the, what is the weirdest mustache you'll ever see. But they uh, they actually make some pretty good jokes about it in the movie. It's good. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, that one. Okay. Uh, still to come this hour on the Couch Potatoes, Jeff is going to offer his thoughts on Black Panther. But up next, I want to tell you about a different black show, something that debuted recently on the CW. I referenced it quickly last week. We'll get into detail on that in a moment. It is electrifying. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brady's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. A few weeks back, the CW launched yet another superhero series and don't run for the hills because I want to tell you about this show that is electrifying. It's Black Lightning. We knew this day would come. Do you remember why you became Black Lightning? You wanted to give the people hope. You wanted the evil that's out there to have something to fear. This city needs you. Black Lightning is back. Much like Riverdale, you can watch Black Lightning in Canada on the CW or on Netflix. What happens is they air it on the CW, and then about a week later, it pops up on Netflix. At least that's how they've been doing it for Black Lightning. Not sure how they do it for Riverdale. I've been yelled at for not watching that show by multiple people, so I should probably get around to checking out Riverdale. But we're not talking about Riverdale. We're talking about Black Lightning. I was a little scared to start watching this because as I have said before many times I had to drop the CW's four other superhero shows Arrow, The Flash, DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl aka The Arrowverse because it was just too much I mean I really liked those shows but if I watch one then the completest in me needs to watch them all I would say that I I thought Supergirl was okay but I couldn't not watch Supergirl if I was going to watch the rest of them, so it was just too much of a chore, so I just dumped them all last year. I was scared that Black Lightning would suck me back into the Arrowverse because it is a DC Comics character, and the show is basically made by the same people behind the Arrowverse, but the CW says it is not, at this time, part of the Arrowverse. It's been sitting on my PVR for a few weeks, the first episode. Finally got around to watching it, and man, what a thrill! And what a unique thrill for something produced on network television. Black Lightning is a grown-up superhero. He's played by Cress Williams, whom I've always liked. And it's cool because he's 47 years old. Black Lightning, real name Jefferson Pierce, or Jeff, as they call him. He's a hero who, you guessed it, can shoot electricity out of his hands. He can also disrupt the electricity around him. By day, he's a principal of a charter school and a father of two young women, one in high school, the other in college. He and his wife are estranged, but maybe not for long. He's been out of the uh, superhero game for nine years, but the time has come for him to return. And not to save the world, 
not to fight aliens or supervillains. He just wants to fight for his neighborhood, to fight for the downtrodden, because gangs run amok in his community, and when things get personal, Black Lightning is back. Like many superheroes, he has this wise, older Alfred kind of character. Batman has Alfred. Well, Black Lightning has Gamby, played by James Remar, who once played a different kind of wise mentor character on the TV show Dexter. He was Dexter's dad. Remember Dexter, the serial killer who killed bad people? Well, that's because his dad taught him to do that. He was going to kill people anyway, so why not kill bad guys? At least that's how his dad saw it. So in Black Lightning, he plays a tailor who is also a tech genius who crafts Jeff's fancy suits. Of course he's a tech genius. All these superheroes have a tech genius. Uh, The pilot successfully introduces us to the character, his family, the bad guys making a mess in the streets, uh, his supporting cast like Gamby the tailor, and then there's the main bad guy with whom Black Lightning has a heavy history with. Interestingly, this bad guy, Tobias Whale, is a black man who suffers from albinism. That's how he is in the comics, and for the show, they found a guy in real life who fits that bill. He is a rapper named Marvin Crondon Jones III. He's charismatic and menacing, so I'm really pleased with their casting choice. And I also just like how stylish this show is. The CW often has really cookie-cutter stuff, but Black Lightning often feels more like a premium cable show with really creative camera work, and they're not afraid to shy away from heavy topics. You know, this is a show that's not just about a superhero beating up bad guys. It's a show that talks about this downtrodden neighborhood that's been overrun by crime and how black people are killing black people and selling drugs to whoever as long as they can make a buck. And it, it it's quite visceral for a show on the CW, so I commend them for that. Uh, it, but hey, look, it's still a network TV show about a superhero, so it has its failings. Silly dialogue, for example, annoying character tropes that you would only see on network television, particularly the CW. Also, the costume. You know what? For a TV show, the costume is pretty cool, but it's got these big glowing lightning bolts on the chest, and I realize that's the design from the comic book, but there are plenty of shots in the show where Black Lightning is lurking from a roof or from the background, whatever, where he's supposed to be all stealthy, But you're telling me that no one can see this very large black man with lightning bolts glowing out of his chest from a three-story roof? I doubt that. Oh, and it's just classic superhero stuff. He shows up in a scene as himself, as Jefferson Pierce, doesn't get what he needs, comes back like five minutes later to see the same guy, shows up as black lightning. The only thing covering his face are goggles. He's still a large black man with a stylish beard and is the exact same height and size of the guy that you just talked to, but you don't recognize him? Give me a break. Anyway, that just I know that just comes with the territory of superhero stuff. And overall, I am really hooked on this show. There have only been five episodes so far. It is an easy catch-up on Netflix. I would point out the most recent episode, the fifth one, was the weakest. So hopefully it 
doesn't avoid that, or it can avoid trending down. Black Lightning, a grown-up superhero for grown-ups. It's cool and fun, tackles real-world problems. It's on Tuesdays on The CW. There wasn't a new episode this past week, but uh, there should be more new episodes coming soon. And if you don't have access to The CW, but you do have access to Netflix, new episodes are uploaded weekly there. Up next on The Couch Potatoes, Jeff's going to weigh in on The Black Panther. The movie that uh, is kind of, you know, doing sort of well at the box office. Details in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the film sensation that's sweeping the nation, Black Panther. Black Panther. Must feel good. Sitting here comfortable. What do you want? Your secrets. Your weapons. I'ma burn it all. This ends today. Who need a hero? Black Panther. You need a hero. Ready PG-13. Uh, last week, Brett, you gave us an early review. What did you give it? Four couch cushions out of five? Yep, that's yeah. right. And like the other seven and a half billion people on Earth, I saw Black Panther this week, and it was pretty terrific. I don't know that I was blown away quite as much as a lot of other people are, but it mostly lived up to the hype. And to be fair, by the time I saw it on Sunday, the hype had grown to a point that there was simply no way it could fully live up to it. But I thought it was great, both as a Marvel superhero movie and for all the good social reasons it is being praised. And let's start with that. I mean, it is simply... Great representation for black people. Usually, movies with an all-black cast are Tyler Perry or Spike Lee movies, and they're overtly about quote-unquote black issues for black audiences. This, on the other hand, is a monstrously big-budgeted event movie that a studio is literally banking on, and it literally paid off big time. The staggering box office was better than anyone expected. It made over $200 million in the first three days and 240 something in the four-day-long weekend. And the hope would be that it would, you know, send a message to Hollywood that black actors should be considered for more good roles. Women, too, as half the major characters in Black Panther are women, and none of them are damsels in distress. So the movie proved all naysayers wrong on several fronts. We'll see if it really is the game changer we all hope it is. Hollywood, of course, can be awfully forgetful when it wants to be. As for the marvel of it all, like I said, pretty terrific. An interesting new batch of characters in their own little universe, uh, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, capable of starring in some standalone movies, which I imagine will happen given the success. I would gladly watch the continuing adventures of this crew in Wakanda for a few more movies. It was uh, a genius move, I think, to introduce a Black Panther in that last Captain America movie, Civil War. That saved us a little bit of setup here, and actually it was a relief how they explained the origin of the Black Panther in the 90 seconds at the top of the movie. Instead of making us watch the half-hour version of it, which used to be what would come with every first installment of any superhero movie, was the origin story. We knew what to expect, more or less, from Chadwick Boseman going in in the lead role. He was good. Lupita Nyong'o as his love interest slash co-hero, terrific. They have great chemistry. Letitia Wright as the Q, or the, like you mentioned in the last segment, the science nerd of the gadget guy, right? Yeah, no, the Q. Someone else made the comparison to yeah. Q as well. 
She stole her scenes in this movie, and uh, Denai Guerrero as the head of the King's Guard or whatever it's called was a legit badass. The bad guys, played by Michael B. Jordan and Andy Serkis, were a lot of fun. The way Jordan's character progresses, including his final line, felt like a quite a bit of a bigger deal than what we usually get with villains in Marvel movies. And I like how heightened a lot of his performance was. He was sort of on the verge of getting cartoony, but didn't quite hit it. Serkis is always just fun. Uh, he was he was really enjoying chewing the scenery in this. Uh, I was also surprised by the twist involving those two, although I'm sure everyone else saw it coming, but I'm dumb and I was like, oh my god, I couldn't believe it, you know? Uh, and I enjoyed they put in a scene between Circus and Martin Freeman, so Gollum and Bilbo together again. That was, I enjoyed that. I don't know if I was the only one that caught that. I can't believe I didn't make that connection. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Sitting in a room together, like in terror, questions in the dark, you know? That's right, riddles in the dark. Yeah. So, another great Marvel movie. They haven't made a stinker in a long time. I think Phase 3 has been perfect so far, and in fact, they seem to be getting better at it. Four couch cushions out of five for Black Panther. What would you think or say is the last Marvel stinker? Um, like I would real say... Real stinker. Real stinker? Real stinker would be Iron Man 2 or The Hulk, whichever one came out last of that. Yeah. Uh, Age of Ultron, I go back and forth. It's got a lot of good stuff, but it's also... Uh, it, I bet it's 20 minutes longer than it needs to be. Yeah. And I didn't care for Ultron as a villain, like robot villain doesn't. This doesn't do anything for me. And frankly, Spader's voice didn't really fit the robot of it all. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably have to go to Iron Man 2 and uh, The Incredible Hulk. Oh, Thor Dark World. I saw that once. I, I did like it, but I've had no desire to rewatch it. Not like I do Thor 1 and Thor 3. I have rewatched it, and I still quite enjoy it. Really? So that's, it's not their best, but it's yeah. certainly not their worst. So yeah, you're right. The point point being, they really have had uh, very few flounders. Yeah, their, their last batch have been, like, there was Ant-Man, and then I think Phase 3 started with that Captain America Civil War, and Doctor Strange, Thor 3, Spider-Man, and Black Panther. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's it. Well, in the box office, it was, was really... I don't want to say shocking, but I think it was shocking at just how well it did because estimations were estimates were quite high going into the weekend, but it obliterated even the highest estimates. Yeah, this was a movie that was the the biggest selling as far as advanced tickets go, the biggest selling of any superhero movie. The only three movies that out paced it for advanced ticket sales were Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Rogue One A Star Wars Story. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, largest February opening weekend, $202 million. The previous record holder was Deadpool at 132 mil. It had the biggest President's Day weekend, so that was that previous total was just for the Friday to Sunday. Right. But yeah. it was also a long weekend in the United States. Yeah, yep. uh, President's Weekend opening $242 million. Again, the previous record holder was Deadpool. And uh, it, it since went on to have the biggest Monday, $40.15 million, defeating the previous record holder of Star Wars The Force Awakens wow. with $40.1 million. Um, so this is a movie that is just, I, I knew this would be a big deal in terms of its cultural impact not yeah. just its pop cultural impact but its cultural impact societal impact but i way underestimated it and i think everybody did it's really hitting the mark and again i, I think it's because they introduced him in that captain america movie that people that that was, would have certainly helped because people you know people are even if they don't like to go into something they don't know about at all you know what i mean yeah. a lot of you know comic book nerds would have gone in anyways but for a lot of other people that do, they want something 
they want to know they're getting their money's worth. And just his few scenes in that Captain America movie probably, you know, made a lot of people like, yeah, I enjoyed that. Let's go watch this movie. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I made the point last week that Black Panther was one of my favorite parts yeah. of Captain America Civil War. He and Spider-Man, I think, were probably the best parts of that film. Because they were brand new that we hadn't seen before and they were exciting. And yeah, they were really cool. Black Panther was so cool in that movie. And it was clear that this was because we were kind of not, I don't want to say rooting against him, but he, he, his or, uh, motivations were, were framed, right? Like someone set him up to think this. So he right. went after yeah, the yeah. guy, the, the uh, Captain America. Right. So you had these conflicted feelings because you wanted him to get revenge for his family. But yet he was aiming his revenge the on the wrong guy. spot. Yeah, yeah. so you, you felt bad for him and you knew that his intentions were noble and that he was a really tough warrior and you wanted to see him do cool things. Uh, anyway, point is he was great in Captain America Civil War. Hey, we got uh, two minutes left here. You finished watching The Mindhunter on Mind Netflix. Mindhunter on Netflix, yeah. That's the, the show from uh, David Fincher about the FBI guys in the 70s who were the first to actually define the term serial killer and try to figure out what makes those kind of people tick, and they do it by going to interview other serial killers. And it was a it was a good series. It was more interesting than entertaining. It was I like if you're thinking it's a cop show, it's not a cop show. There is they don't draw nobody draws a gun in that whole show. I don't think. Oh wow. Yeah, except that they have to turn in their guns to the jail guards when they go to. <laughs> interrogate prisoners and stuff like that but it was yeah so it was sort of light on drama but it was interesting in you know the process and the history and that sort of thing and frankly some of the guys the killers that they interviewed were just you know bat nuts crazy and that that was kind of entertaining but so yeah it was kind of weird it looked terrific but if you came right down to it is it an entertaining show not really. Okay. But I, um, it's one of those things I'll give it a, I'll give it another shot next season. Yeah, I have been wanting to get back to it. I watched the first episode and I really enjoyed it for all the reasons that you talked about. It was fascinating and interesting and intriguing, but indeed it, it, I found it a little slow because yeah. it was lacking in drama. It was yeah. more of a, a fascinating case study yeah. as opposed to a dramatic series. Exactly. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. It's just not the kind of show that compels you to binge it. And they use a lot of real life killers and that sort of thing. So they, I think what they're doing is just being careful because you don't want to make a guy like Richard Speck into, you know, you know what I mean? You don't want to screw around with history because there are still families of victims alive. Hey, that's all the time we have. A reminder, Survivor Ghost Island debuts this week on Global Ooh. on February 28th. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And I guess next week it's going to be our March movie preview. Right on. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.